The Catholic Church was the most powerful entity in the world. Although there were other versions of Christianity, they were really just small fractions. The Catholic Church was the main church, and their power was ultimate. People believed the church controlled the fates of their souls, which lived forever, and being in good favor with the priest was necessary for all the milestones in your life. They were there when you were born to help name you, then for your marriage and your child's birth, and then your death. The church also controlled all aspects of social services. They were who you went to in the time of need. They controlled the education, even the courts. One third of the land in Europe was owned by the church. And the Pope claimed to be the ruler of Rome and therefore asserted authority over all the kings of what is today Europe. It was a good gig for the men who wanted power and didn't actually care about God. But then, Martin Luther showed up. This is our second episode in the life of Martin Luther. If you're just jumping in now, go back and check out last week's episode. Luther is now at the University of Wittenberg and is also preaching to his own congregation. But Luther is struggling. He feels the weight of his sin, and there seems no way to lose that weight. He goes to confession on a regular basis. He's given up his life as a lawyer. He has left his family business behind. He has sacrificed everything. And yet, his sin is still there. A character we didn't talk about last week, who is actually really important to our story this week, is Duke Frederick. His land seemed unimportant when you looked at it from the point of view of kings or noblemen. However, from the point of view of the church, it held a significant role, because the land held a church who had the ability to vote for the next pope. Because of this, Duke Frederick held some significance in the church. Duke Frederick had worked to make sure the church in his area was one people would come to visit. In order to do that, Duke Frederick had collected over 18,000 relics. Now remember the church taught at this time to just look at a relic would take away part of your time in purgatory. So people were willing to pay a lot of money to visit and look at these relics. So that was the Duke in the area where Luther was working. The Cardinal in the area was a man named Albert von Brandenburg. Albert was an interesting cardinal. For starters, Albert owned money to a man named Jacob. In order to be a cardinal, Albert had to bribe his way into getting the votes. He borrowed that money from Jacob as a way to get his cardinal job, and he had no way to earn that money back. So here was Luther preaching and teaching and studying the Bible amongst this duke and this cardinal. Luther spends his time reading the Bible, especially the books by Paul, and he reads in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that it is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. What could that mean? Could it be possible that the idea of seeing relics or giving to the poor or going to the confessions, that none of those things can save you? That it was God's grace and faith that saved you? This was the start of the belief, only faith. Martin Luther began to teach this in his church. He began to preach that salvation was only given by God's grace. 
and that it is faith and only faith that is needed. His congregation grew and his message was one of hope. It's important to know that Martin was not the only one preaching this. There were other monks and priests that were also teaching this. Many in the church were unhappy with the corruption, and perhaps Martin would have gone down in history as just one more priest who was actually teaching the Bible in his church, if it wasn't for one man, John Tensel. John Tensel was a Dominican friar and monk, and he sold indulgences to raise money for the church they were building, St. Peter's. John came to town where Martin Luther was preaching. The indulgences that were being sold were pieces of paper that would show someone their sins had been forgiven. They could buy them for themselves or for a loved one that had already died. As soon as the gold in the casket rings, the rescued soul to heaven springs. John walked through town with his metal offering basket and persuading people to give and therefore free their loved ones from hell or purgatory. Think about your loved one right now, burning pain and agony, and you can free them. One day, Luther heard of a man in his church who was poor. He had bought an indulgence for three marks. That's half of a year's wage. The indulgence would forgive the man and make him as pure as the day he was baptized. Luther was furious, and that Sunday he preached a message once again explaining that indulgences cannot save you. They were frauds. Salvation was through faith alone. The payment for heaven was paid by Jesus. If the Pope could forgive their sins, why would he not just do that out of love? Luther took an indulgence and right there in front of his entire church, ripped the paper in half. Luther still at this point believed in the church and thought that if the church knew what John was doing, they would stop him. He had no idea that the church was part of the problem. But the church knew what he was doing and they were taking parts of the money for themselves. Luther decided to tell the cardinal what was going on. Now remember the cardinal? That's a guy named Albert von Brandenburg. Remember, he had borrowed the money as a way to get his cardinal job and he had no way to earn that money back. So it was actually the cardinal, Albert, who had called on John to come and sell indulgences. And Albert was taking percentage of that money that John was getting to pay back his loan. So Albert had a significant incentive to keep the selling of indulgences going. Luther, however, did not know this. So Luther decided to call for a debate and he wrote a list of the points he wanted to debate about. There was 93 points or 93 theses he wanted to debate. On October 31st, 1517, theses were nailed to the door. It was probably not Luther that nailed them. And this was actually not a really big dramatic event. It's just how debates were called during that time period. That night, the Duke had a dream. He saw a monk drawing on the church door. The feathers of his pen flowed all the way to Rome, where it knocked the crown off of a lion. The first debate no one showed up for, but then more debates happened and more people showed up. Luther believed Christians were saved through faith by grace. He believed rituals had no powers at all. He believed the Pope was not only able to make errors, but he made lots of errors. He said the church itself had no spiritual power over the souls of men, and the priests were unnecessary, that we were all part of the priesthood. People began to listen to what Luther was saying. He wrote a book, and then another, and then more. People began to take parts of his books and print them in pamphlets, and hand them out. People made cartoons with his words and posters. Today would be like his message went viral, memes and all. 
Eventually, it became clear that the church would have to stop Luther. They called for Luther to come to Rome. Now, the duke, although his only sense of power came from the church, had heard Luther speak, had read his writings, and had that dream. He liked Luther, and he knew if Luther went to Rome, he would be burned at the stake. So the duke called for a trial to be held in Germany. And this brought us the Diet at Augsburg in 1518. As Luther was walking towards Augsburg, he began to feel discouraged and afraid. He thought, I may never walk this road again. I may die in Augsburg. I could be condemned to die. And suddenly he thought about his parents. He had disappointed them when he became a monk, and now he might be declared a heretic and killed. He would die and he would leave his parents in disgrace. After 12 days of walking, Luther suddenly was hit with extreme stomach pains. He fell to the ground and was unable to get up. He lay on the ground, unable to get up, until a friend came by with a wagon and offered him a ride. By the time Luther arrived in Augsburg, he was feeling better. Luther was expecting a debate, but the only question he was asked was if he would recount what he said. Luther asked what specific thing he had said that was wrong, and if they could show him from the Bible what he said he was wrong. But this was not the time for debate. He could only answer yes or no. Luther ended up escaping in the middle of the night when he realized they were planning on killing him. The church then sent men from city to city trying to burn all of Luther's books and pamphlets. But what they found was that people were suddenly willing to stand up against the church, and they refused to burn his books. He was not only extremely popular, his beliefs were catching on. This led to a number of debates. At first, the church was expecting a stupid monk from the middle of nowhere, a bumpkin, easy to defeat. They didn't realize Luther was not only extremely smart, but he was trained in law, and he had an obsession with reading and memorizing. So Luther absolutely destroyed them in the debate. This led to more debates, with the church becoming a little more prepared. But through it all, Luther continued to grow in popularity, especially among the common people. The rich needed the peasants. The common people had to fall in line for the rich to stay powerful. If the peasants got out of line, got out of the box they were placed in, began thinking for themselves, everything would collapse. One day, Luther received a letter from the group, the Hussanites. They were followers of Huss. The letter said they had heard Luther debate and they were on his side. He was teaching the same things as Huss, and then closed a book from Huss. Luther was not pleased. He already had so many problems to deal with. Really, all he wanted was to be a monk and teach his congregation and keep them safe from false doctrines. Now he was the face of this movement, and it was also overwhelming. If he was suddenly seen as being associated with this heretic, Huss, that was going to make life even harder for him. He picked up the book from Huss. He had read it before when he was first studying to be a monk. He had been frustrated at the time because he was unable to see the heresy in it. He had thought that meant he needed to study harder. Now he sat down and read the book again, this time with new understanding. As he read it, he realized Huss was not a heretic. He was right. He had said all the things that Luther was now saying. And suddenly, Luther stood up and said out loud, We are all Hussanites. June 15, 1520, the Pope sent a letter asking Luther to recant everything. Luther held a public meeting where he would tell everyone his answer. The group had gathered. 
It was getting late in the evening and a fire was burning near Luther to make sure everyone could see him. You push through the crowd to get a closer look. There's a little fear in the pit of your stomach. What if Luther gives in? What if he says everything he's been saying all this time was wrong? What if things go back to the way they were? You don't want things to go back. You see hope in a future, a new way of living, without the hold of the church around your neck. And this idea that you can be saved from your sin without doing anything, that God had already done the work, that when you die you go straight to heaven without spending time in purgatory, all of that could be gone if Luther recounted. Luther stands and holds up the letter from the Pope. He tells the crowd, the Pope has asked him to recant everything. Then he tosses the letter in the fire and your heart leaps. The fight is on. Luther has officially refused to obey the Pope. Luther did publicly burn the letter and this led to another trial in Germany. The Diet of Worms. The church said they knew Luther was wrong. If you go against thousands of years of Christianity, you must be wrong. They only had two questions. Question one, did you write this? Question two, are you willing to recant it? Luther had only one answer. Here I stand, I can do no other. Luther was walking along the road when suddenly riders on horseback surrounded him. Before he could see their faces, they threw something over his face and he felt himself being lifted and thrown into a wagon. He was held down and could tell he was traveling a long way. Finally, he was taken from the wagon and brought into a building. He could not see where he was being taken, but he was going up many, many steps. It was obviously a tower of some kind. Finally, he was freed and his face was set free so he could see. He was in a room in a tower, a bed, a desk, writing material. This wasn't the prison he was expecting. Then the kidnapper spoke. The Duke asked us to bring you here. You will stay here and you'll be safe. No one knows where you are. You can write, you can change the world, and you will not be killed. Luther stayed in that tower for the time to be safe. He wrote and translated the Bible into the common German for the people to read. Soon hundreds of thousands of Bibles were printed. People walked around with Bibles in their pockets. That was something that would have seemed impossible at the start of Luther's ministry. People were not only reading the Bible, they were memorizing it. And they began to call themselves Lutherans. And suddenly, just like that, the Pope, the Cardinals, the Church itself had lost the power it held over the peasants. And soon, the power that it held over the kings and the noblemen would begin to slip away. We're going to do one more episode on Luther. Remember, as we study through history, there is no perfect people except Jesus Christ. And every hero has a dark side and shows us that all people are sinners. Luther is no exception to this. In our next episode, we're going to look at the controversial aspects of Luther's ministry and teachings. In the meantime, for more podcasts, videos, and blogs, head over to lauraleesiemens.com.